This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Want to encourage diversity for your planet and your palate? You can branch out beyond bleak retail chain inventories and support local farmers who are growing something different by downloading the Specialty Produce app and exploring our global in-app share market where you can discover unique items or specialty marketplaces near you. Stay hungry, friends. Download today on Apple or Android and start exploring. On the Front Burner puts two no-nonsense culinary professionals on air discussing tough industry topics, interviewing fascinating food personalities, and providing penetrating looks at the industry that we love. We don't always agree and often provide compelling personal insights from a unique combination of life experiences. You know, it's a lively give and take. It's by no means conventional. Elaine owns Sweet Cheeks Baking Company and is a winner of the Food Network's Cupcake Wars and Fabulous Cakes. A seasoned industry professional, she is a cake designer and a certified sommelier. Don is a chef, an award-winning journalist, and a culinary educator. Together we take a not-always-pretty, sometimes-funny, and always-entertaining look at the world of food and beverage. Hello, I'm Don Williamson. I'm Elaine Artizzoni, and welcome to The Front Burner. On The Front Burner. I took it away from you, Don. That's okay. You say it better. Just it's, say it anyway. It's our show, and we're on The Front Burner. There we go. You and got the voice. this is the second half of our show. We're with Scott Koenig, and Scott is a gringo in Mexico. We spent the first section of this, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it, talking about... Mexico and the Baja and going across the border and things that um, you need to think about if you're going to go over there. We want to spend this hour talking a little bit more about the food. We want to talk about where to get some places, not necessarily specific restaurants, but areas about the kinds of food, about some of the flavors and tastes there. And we'll just see where it takes us. We've only got 30 minutes and we've got two hours worth of talking to do. I want to talk about the wine. Of you always want to talk about do. the food. We never talk enough about the wine. Okay. Scott, welcome. <laughs> Good to be back. Hi, okay. Scott. Hey, hey. I know you want to talk about the wine, too. Oh, of course. In fact, we have some to sample as we're on air. I should have brought a bottle with me. Oh, right? man. I've had that conversation before, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what. For you, Elaine, uh-huh. I'm gonna, we're going to start with the wine. We're All right. We'll start, make it really quick. We okay. Will. We're going to start we, with one, three of my, minutes on wine. one of my favorite places, which is the Guadalupe Valley. Yes. And um, the wine there. I have to say the wine is not great there. Hey, that's not mm. true. But it's good. The wine is very mm-hmm. good. I, sa- I just said it's, I didn't say it I wasn't good. I think there good. is some great. It, I have not. There is some great, Don. I think you haven't had enough of it. I would agree. Okay, but you don't drink wine. You don't I really, do drink wine. You do? Oh, okay. Well, probably not as much as I do. And probably not as much as Scott does. <laughs> just a guess. So I don't assemble know. that remark. Talk to, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about the valley and okay. about the wine there. When's the last time you had wine in the uh, Valle de Guadalupe, Don? I had some two months ago. I'd say uh-huh. six months ago. Okay. Um, because really the wine there, there's a lot of award-winning wines mm-hmm. coming out now. And there are a lot of vintners that are doing very creative uh, things with the wine, with both the blends as well as some solid monovarietals coming out of the region. 20 years ago, it was mostly family-style wines, very fruit-forward, 
um, not very refined at all. But then you had a, several pioneers uh, who brought European winemaking techniques to the Valle de Guadalupe. And that really changed the scene forever. Um, and yeah, sure, there's some wines that aren't that great. They're just like there are anywhere. But there's also some excellent wines. Um, I'm thinking of Via Montefiore, uh, which is owned and operated by a vintner named Paolo Paolini. I was going to say, it's got to be an Italian with Montefiore. He's an Italian winemaker. And, yeah. Uh, he does a Neroni uh, down there that's one of the best wines I've ever had. He does a, uh, a, a, a Brunello uh, de Montefiore, really? uh, right? Montalcino. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, and, I should uh, warn you. Elaine's a sommelier. Okay, good. Good. My my specialty tends to be the food, but I know enough about the no, wine to great. be dangerous. This is exciting. Yeah. So he's doing great things. Uh, there are uh, our larger wineries like Monte Genique, which was founded 20 years ago by Hans Backoff, who was one of those pioneers um, who really brought European wine techniques uh, into the fold in the Valle de Guadalupe. And he has award-winning wines. They're delicious. Yeah. They're as good as anything you're going to have in uh, in France or Italy or or uh, Napa Valley. Uh, they're very quality wines. Um, well, the the landscape is very similar, I found. When mm-hmm. I was there, I, I just felt like I was... I, I felt like I was in Tuscany, but it was almost like when you go to a small town USA, you feel like you're in a town you might recognize only 50, you know, 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's how it feels there. It's less... To, it's under uh, underdeveloped compared to Tuscany, but similar with the very rolling hills, tons of olive trees... The, it's very, you know, it looks like very dry soil, but I don't think it mm-hmm. is. I think it's actually pretty rich soil it, it or is. good for grapes. Lots of, mm-hmm. lots of rocky soil. I think it does well for grapes. And it has, as a valley, it's got that same corridor for the breezes from the ocean to come in and, mm-hmm. and it keeps it a little bit on the cooler side. Yeah. So, I mean, grapes love that. They love yeah. the hot days yeah. and the cool nights and that's exactly what they get. In Diurnal. The it's called is that diurnal? diurnal. Okay, new word. Mm-hmm. I told yeah. you, watch out. Uh-huh. When she gets on wine and you got... 30 more seconds for one. 30 more seconds. Okay. Um, yes. And actually, I stayed, uh, I had a wonderful yoga retreat. I have a good friend who does yoga retreats down there, and she took us to the um, Via de la Valle. Mm-hmm. Eileen and Phil Gregory, good thank friends you. of mine. Yes. And what a beautiful spot. Right. It felt like it was in a, that felt like an Italian villa. Beautiful. And they're, and they're yeah. producing Surrounded very, wines, very good yeah. wines as yeah. well. Uh, and, and that's the neat thing about the culture there, too, is yeah. you have folks like Phil and Eileen who came from Los Angeles, originally from. Uh, from England, from Britain. Um, but you also have, you know, uh, Paolo, who I was just talking about from Italy. A lot of families from Ensenada doing wines there. Uh, there are several people from the U.S., including my friends at Lechusa uh, Vineyards. Uh, Chris Magnuson and her husband, Adam Shute, were doing some very exemplary wines there, blends and monovarietals. Uh, so it's really a neat cultural blend of cool. winemakers, which I think is reflected in the wines as well, the variety of wines that you do find there in styles. And the valley is such such a short trip. It mm-hmm. really is. It's before Ensenada. You're just going down that main highway. You get off at the Takati exit, make a left, and boom, you're in the middle of wine country. And there is a fantastic wine museum there that you ought to go with it and see that tells you about the history and, and, and the culture and the background. Mm, I haven't done that yet. And, mm-hmm. um, and they've got killer pa- back patios with trellises. And yeah, all a yeah. great-looking well, place. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I'm going to shift right into food now and say that one of my favorite restaurants anywhere is Deckman's, right there in, in the Guadalupe Valley. Deckman's? Mm-hmm. Tell it. Tell her about you've never been to Deckman's. We're, I don't think we're so. going in a minute. If you haven't been to Deckman's, you haven't been to the Valle. Elaine. And, and I had the pleasure of actually sitting at this table with Drew about two years ago on another podcast to uh, banner about the food in Baja. 
Uh, Deckman's in Elmagore is headed by the only Michelin-starred chef in Baja, California, Drew Deckman. And oh. uh, Drew uh, comes from the South uh, originally. Of the United States? Of the United States. I want to say Mexican, from so Georgia okay. originally, perhaps. Okay. Um, he cooked in Europe for a while. That's where he kind of cut his teeth. Earned his Michelin, Michelin star at a restaurant called Vitas in Germany. Um, and then he moved to um, San Jose del Cabo and had a restaurant, mm-hmm. seafood restaurant down there called Deckman's. So he started traveling to the Valle de Guadalupe um, and fell in love with the region. Yeah. So 2011, 2012, I think, is when he founded his Compestre, which is country-style outdoor restaurant uh, in the Valle de Guadalupe. And he'd do it seasonally. And then just a few years ago, 2013, 14, uh, he established it as a full-time restaurant that's open year-round now. And all the cooking is done outside. All it's done amazing outside. to Maybe sit there, there and watch that. Is it a huge place and it's all wood and it's got a giant kind of trellised roof? He's, and... he's, it's not even a trellised roof. I mean, he's into sustainability. And the dining room itself mm. is hay bales covered in clay. So they're somewhat flame retardant. They have to be with all the open fire he uses. Uh, and then right outside of that very rustic dining room, uh, he's got a huge hearth uh, made of brick. Uh, a grill. He's got a, a big clay domed oven that he's made. Mm-hmm. And then surrounding that hearth are probably about six or seven Santa Maria grills that he uses too. So everything is cooked mm. over wood fire I there. He doesn't use. I don't use, think I have been there. No, no I've, been to, a, been, I've there, been to a cool you place. Would, you would someone took me. That. But I, and when yeah, you, when you leave, you smell like wood fire. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the, oh, the place neat. is super rustic, uh, yet the food is very refined. Yeah. So Drew's, wow. Drew is a master of the fire. And you will find uh, Drew. Up here a lot. He works with the Berry Good Foundation mm-hmm. and with sustainability for, for, for seafood. Yeah. And he does That's events great. and classes up here. He's an amazing guy. Mm-hmm. And he takes that Southern tradition and that Mexican tradition and his classical training. And it comes out with things that you just say, oh, my goodness. How did huh. you think of yeah. that? Cool. And it's everything from raw dishes where he'll mm-hmm. make like a, a sashimi of gooey duck. Oh, that or is in, one of my favorite things. Or in Mexico, as they call it, generosa. What do they call it? Generosa? Gen- generosa. Generosa. Oh, generous. generous. Right, because... Because it's a big-ass uh, clam. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it may or may not resemble a body Maybe part. Maybe it, it might, actually. Right. Yeah. So yeah. He'll, he'll do something like that, but then he'll also cook like a, a you know two-inch thick ribeye of beef that he sourced from Mexicali. Huh. Um, he does a wonderful cool. quail. Everything is is hyper local. He, if you, when you eat there, you're not going to find anything that he probably hasn't sourced uh, any further than a hundred miles, if even that, from the restaurant. Wow, that's cool. Okay, and let's talk yeah. about without getting real heavy into places. A couple other places down there in the valley that you mm-hmm. really find remarkable, and I know there's some women chefs there. I think there was a woman chef at the restaurant at the Hacienda, who I thought was just excellent. You know what I'm talking uh-huh. about? Uh, how long ago, Don? This would have been a couple of years ago. Yeah. The Hacienda? Hacienda Guadalupe? The Hacienda right across the street. The, the Hacienda mm-hmm. is the hotel, the boutique oh, okay. hotel right across the street from the museum right. and their restaurant. You know, I've never, to my okay. great shame, I have not visited that place. So, um, But I can speak of some of the other women chefs working mm-hmm. in the Valle. Um, in particular, you have a, a young woman from Tijuana named Sandra Vasquez. And she comes from Michoacan originally, and she's opened a restaurant there. It's about a year and a half old now called Once Pueblos. Uh, Eleven which is towns. Exactly, named after a region in Michoacan that's very well known for its traditional cuisine. Hmm. So she does uh, kind of her own spin 
on traditional dishes from Michoacan. She does the corunda, which is like the little five-point um, uh, uh, tamal. Uh, delicious. She does whitefish. Um, she does a wonderful ceviche. When you're there, you kind of feel like you're in Michoacan, and she's up on a hill there, so you get like a 300 in the middle of the Valle, so you get a 360-degree view of oh, wow. the Valle when you step outside of the restaurant. Yeah, it's sure. beautiful. Um, What's the name of it? Once Pueblos. Oh, Once Pueblos. Yeah, please. and she just opened a year and a half ago. Okay. We, we were at her one-year anniversary, and she had uh, the traditional cocinera, Juana Bravo, from Michoacan, came and cooked with her. Mm. So um, it was neat to see kind of this blend of, of this very young chef. Sandra's probably in her mid, mid-20s, mid I'm going to guess. Uh, and then this older traditional cocinera who's been doing it for years uh, come together, and, and they just del- created a delicious feast. Mm. Great. Mm-hmm. That's neat. And you play, give it one more place. Chef, male, female, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Okay. Wow, there's so many. I, I mean, I could go on for an hour. Uh, another favorite place of mine that's, that's sometimes overlooked is Malva. And Malva uh, is the first restaurant that you'll see when you're driving up from Ensenada on the right-hand side, right before you enter San Antonio de las Minas. And the chef there is Roberto Alcacer, uh, originally from Mexico City, but has lived in Ensenada uh, for most of his life, he's doing what he calls uh, uh, Valle Cuisine, Valle food. So you get a lot of roasted lamb, uh, borrego. Um, he does, um, he uses, uh, the restaurant is named after a certain wild plant called the Malva plant. And he actually forages that and other herbs and plants from around the property and uses those as ingredients in some of his food as well. Uh, it's under a palapa with a wonderful view. Of the mm-hmm. Valle, um, and I always say everything tastes better under a palapa. So he's doing very uh, rustic kind of modern Mexican cuisine uh, in this beautiful setting. You can get the tasting menu. You can order a la carte. Uh, his food's terrific. Okay. Cool. Let's get out of the valley and let's talk about seafood, which is always <laughs> my You've been dying to talk about uh-huh. seafood, Don. Well, we let you talk about wine first. Remember <laughs> All right. That. Well, as long uh-huh. as we get on sea urchin. Let's do does anyone eat sea urchin down there? You know, I was I just had um, – I was in Popola, which is a, a seafood village, this past yeah. weekend with an influencer named Mark Weens. And Mark's one of these guys who does YouTube videos and gets like 10 million hits on his oh videos. Goodness, so, so he came to Baja for the first time, and I was kind of honored uh, to be asked to show him around to some of the food there. So we visited Popola, and they made a uh, – a lot of times when you go there when it's in season, uh, you can roll up to one of the stands, very rustic wooden stands on the beach – They'll have the sea urchin. Uh, they'll crack it open for you, and you can actually just eat it fresh. Yeah. Right out of the spiny shell there. It's you delicious. You do that at our farmer's market in Little Italy, as a matter oh, really? of fact. You know, I need to, I yeah. need to come. I need to come. Yeah. Um, it's and, probably a lot less expensive in Popola. Just uh, a hunch. Sure it's not. <laughs> oh, really? Is it an expensive place? Uh, no. Popola, oh, uh, oh, a lot more expensive, yes. No, I said a Popola. lot less. Yes, exactly. Okay, a lot yeah. less expensive in Popola. Yeah, because that's another thing about food in Bajas. It's it's generally fairly inexpensive. Yeah. It's, it's in abundance right there. So Yeah, yeah um, you spend, I would say, half half the money yeah. that you spend here. I remember that I uh, had a and b place that had a kitchen, and I went grocery shopping. You know me when I'm in the grocery mm-hmm. store. I just went nuts. And I came, and I, and I went to pay for it, and I couldn't believe how cheap it was yeah. what I was paying for. It was just amazing. So that that's a whole other thing. The mm-hmm. savings down there are, are, are really remarkable. Yeah. Right. Um, so I had this weekend uh, a, a uni, a sea urchin, a ceviche prepared oh. for me. 
And my takeaway from that hmm. was don't mess with sea urchin. <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, see was, why you would do that. It, it, yeah, I mean, the citrus really buried that nice oceany, briny taste that you yeah. typically get from the sea urchin, which is how I like it. Yeah. Yeah, to me, the whole sea urchin to me is like fresh ocean spray. It's like having the ocean in your mouth. I, I say it's like ocean spray, metacopper penny. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. There's something about, mm. there's a, something, a, mm. a hint of, like a metallic kind of a thing, yeah. even when it's fresh, and I haven't quite pinpointed You know, I've it. taken people who have been all over the world and have had sea urchin, say, you know, in the Mediterranean, yeah. uh, to Baja for oh, yeah. urchin, and they always say it, it's sweet. It, it has this nutty, sweet taste to it that you just don't find in sea urchin anywhere else on the planet. I wouldn't know because I haven't had sea urchin. Yeah, I've had it in southern else, Italy, but, it's, okay. and it's fantastic. They mm-hmm. don't eat it as – at least I didn't see it eaten so much raw – they typically turn it in with um, – they just turn it with uh, fresh pasta and olive mm. oil and maybe a touch of chili flake and okay. lemon. But it's usually very, very straightforward, very clean. Mm-hmm. Focus is purely on the searchin and it, it's wonderful. Okay, but Don, I know you're chomping at the bit to talk uh-huh. about other seafood. What other seafood do you find often down there fish-wise? And obviously the lobsters we yeah, see them. You find a lot of – and it's, it's really about the sustainability. I mean you find a lot of um, yellowtail. Yeah, uh, down there, which is yeah. one of my favorite cuts, especially a nice piece of a fillet of yellowtail that's lightly salted, uh, lightly peppered, maybe a little dash of, of citrus on there. It doesn't need it's much. It's such a flavorful fish. It sure is. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing I love about the seafood preparations for the most part in Baja uh, is there, it's very sans accoutrement. Yes. So Drew Deckman, actually going back to Drew, said, you know, I just get the ingredient and I try my best not to expletive it up you know and, and that's what it's all about i was in aramisio sonora last year and uh, had a lot of seafood there because sonora also has a coastal area um and, but they tended to use a lot of kind of gloppy thick sauces mm-hmm. on an otherwise good piece of fish and the thing i appreciate about seafood in baja is they don't mess with it yeah simple preparation let the flavor of the ingredient i love the true. whole fish the places you oh, get I the whole fish whole down fish. there Whole and fish roasted with oh. maybe some herbs in the onions middle and, and lemon and tomato. Yes, so mm-hmm. good. There's there's a preparation going back to the Popola Seafood Village, and it's a Sinaloan preparation called pescado zarandeado. And what they do is they butterfly the fish, uh, marinate it with ancho or chipotle, sometimes chili powder uh, and mayonnaise. Then they put it in a basket, and then they cook it over either oak uh, or mesquite. Mm. And it's delicious because what happens is that mayo, that kind of coating on the outside, right. uh, really allows the inside as it's cooking to remain nice and fresh and mm. moist. And it's one of my favorite foods on the planet, pescado zarandeado. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they usually use huachinango, which is also fairly abundant off the coast of Baja, uh, which we would know as red snapper. Mm. Uh, oh, such a good fish. Uh, one of my favorites. Such a if good it's, fish. If you really get red snapper here, you seldom do. You don't know what you're mm-hmm. getting. You don't sometimes. know what you're getting, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's delicious down there. A lot of sea bass, uh, just like we get up here. There's a lot of rockfish, mm-hmm. you know, kind of closer to for- shore fish, which are yeah. also very good as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, cool. So you had talked about because I know that some people that are listening aren't going to go down to some of the places we talked about yet. They're maybe going to go over to Tijuana. They may skip down to Rosarito. Is there good? Are there good places there that we can send them, you know, a couple, just a couple mm-hmm. of places so for them to wet their feet before they sure, s- explore? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, Tijuana is, 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 you know, probably, 
you know, it, 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 we tend to put, as people here in the States, a lot of focus on the Valle de Guadalupe because it's kind of the new shiny object. Sure. But Tijuana's got decades of of culinary greatness. Uh, the Placencia family there, mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys have heard of Javier Placencia, if not have met him. Mm-hmm. He's very much a cross-border chef. His family have been doing food there since the 60s. So he has um, Via Savario, which is like Italian food, Casa Placencia, which is uh, what they would call Mexiterranean Food, which is a Mediterranean influence in Mex- of Mexican cuisine, delicious. Uh, of course, they now own Caesar's Restaurant, which oh, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Caesar salad was invented in Tijuana, yeah, right? Yeah. And they took over the restaurant in 2010, completely revived it, and you can still order your Caesar salad there, prepared table side oh, by a saladero. Fun. They call it's them. Fun. It's yeah. Fun. So, so any just about any of the Placencia restaurants are good. Then there's a new one I visited recently. In uh, Paseo Chapultepec, which is kind of an upscale mall there, called Lorenza. Delicious. Uh, wonderful bone marrow, really good oh, steaks, uh, fantastic seafood preparations, uh, more of an upscale place, but but wonderful. Uh, and there are dozens more restaurants in Tijuana you could, you could go to and have an amazing night for not a lot of money. And do you list places like this in your book, or I'm sure you must in your writings? I, I do in my writing, yeah. Okay. Uh, the book is very much focused on the Valle de Guadalupe, but I'm considering doing one that, that's a little bit more, uh, takes a wider look at the food in Baja California, maybe even going all the way down to the tip of the peninsula, because there's a lot of great food in southern Baja uh, as well. Yeah, and, it's and in called, case you're saying, what book are we talking about? We're I was talking just about say, Seven yeah. Days in the Valle. Good and job, Don. Uh-huh. In and the it's Valle. Baja California's wine country cuisine. It's Scott's brand new book that's come out. And I think you ought to go and check it mm-hmm. out. You'll be amazed. Yeah. And you can find that, and I'll sign it for you. If you are here in the United States, I, I don't ship to Mexico because it's expensive. Uh, it's www.sevendaysinthevalle.com. Uh, or you can also order if you're in Mexico or somewhere else through Amazon.com as well as Barnes and Noble. Seven days in the Valle.com. Valle spelled V A L L E. Correct. Correct. Okay. Why I have you... I have one quick question. Okay. Sorry, sure. Don. I didn't mean mm-hmm. to interrupt. Um, if somebody isn't yet comfortable going across the border, but still wants to try some of the some of the foods that might represent what you might find over there, is there some place in the San Diego area that you would send them? You know, it's interesting because I worked with the Culinary Institute of America back in 2017 uh, on, a, on some, a series of short films about food in Baja California. And they were very interested in seeing how the scene down there has influenced San Diego. And for the most part, it really hasn't too much. Um, some of the places I enjoy are Galaxy Taco. Uh, if, oh, if you go there, that, yeah. Christine Rivera is making a really nice uh, masa of blue corn. Um, she does like a fish taco, but you know it's 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 really more of a stylized and in her her style. She does a, a birria uh, of mussels or or of clams. It's delicious, uh, that so you can go good. there. There is romesco in Bonita. Oh, in Bonita, that's Javier yeah. Placencia, isn't it? It was, yeah, or was okay. I, I don't think because he used to be down the street from me in Little Italy and closed that at Bracero, yeah, yeah. That and then they became the second location yeah. of um, uh, a romesco, and now they're king and queen's king and queen, cantina, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and then um, uh, you also asked uh, uh, about restaurants. At T- so Tijuana, you've got a few. Rosarito is just now starting to come into its own as a culinary scene. The food down there traditionally been there has, has been very much geared toward uh, tourists because uh, a lot of spring breakers go down there sure. and expats. So you get a lot of kind of American-style menus or a lot of more 
uh, northern traditional Mexican menus. But now there's a, there are a few chefs down there uh, who are starting to really focus on, uh, I guess, a, a higher end uh, of cuisine that you couldn't find in Rosarito before. Cool. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in terms of tours and excursions and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to go For, on Because a tour. people <laughs> may say, well, gee, I heard him. I might feel comfortable going uh-huh. with him. Right. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm fond of telling my wife, Ursula, that uh, we're, we're a media company that happens to do tours. So I am hired from time to time uh, to put together a private tour to the Valle de Guadalupe. But we don't really do scheduled tours per se. I'm doing one next month for the San Diego Culinary Historians. We're taking 16 people uh, to the Valle for a day of food and wine. So if you have a group of eight or more, um, we're happy to put together a private tour to the Valle. Um, I did run a couple of tours to Tecate uh, in 2018 because people don't know about food in Tecate. And right. they've got a lot of great restaurants, including my favorite restaurant in Baja uh, is in Tecate. So I wanted to show people that, yeah, you know, Tijuana, uh, Ensenada, the Valle de Guadalupe all have a great food scene. But guess what? Tecate's got a nice burgeoning little scene happening. As okay, well. now you got to tell us what that restaurant is uh-huh. if you're going to mention it. How much you got? Nah, I'm just kidding, Don. <laughs> no, my my favorite one of my favorite restaurants in Baja is Restaurant Amores, and it's run by a chef named Marcelo Hisaki, and he's half uh, half Japanese, Japanese, half Mexican. So there's a lot of Japanese influence in his food. He trained in France and in mm. Monaco uh, with some French masters. So he does these very uh, refined. European, very French technique type dishes uh, using all local ingredients. Expensive little, restaurant? Or? You can get a six course uh, tasting menu there for 35 bucks. Oh, stop it. I don't know if you consider that expensive or no, not, but I don't. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, wow. and, and he's just a wonderful chef. He does really terrific food. Uh, and I think he's probably one of the most underrated chefs and restaurants in Baja. I would really love to see him start getting more publicity and promotion. So we'll start here. And what's that about a 45 minute drive from here? Uh, Tecate, it's about an hour east mm-hmm. from San Diego. Okay. And you can drive through. It's wonderful East County backcountry. You drive mm-hmm. drive out the 94 to the border and then you cross. I hear the it's border is easy. easier to get back on that side than it is here, no? Ish. Oh, no? Ish. No. Uh, it used to be, but then people started finding out about it. Even global entry? There was no global entry at Tecate uh, or Reading Lane. It's just two okay. lanes of regular traffic. Okay. It all depends on when. That's why right. I really like going down during the week. I almost never go down on the mm-hmm. weekend unless there's some event yeah. that I'm trying to yeah. go to. But during the week, I roll down there for lunch, hang out for a couple hours, come back. Mm. I love it. We call it the rhythm method. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to know the time, not only the day, but the time of day. And is there, you know, a holiday happening or not? So it's like driving in LA. <laughs> right, right. You just don't go to LA uh-huh. leaving here at after two o'clock. You're no, gonna hit it. No. You're and just you, gonna be crying. And you don't come out of Baja on a Sunday afternoon or right. 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 Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Well, we certainly want to remind you to get seven days in the Valle, Baja, California's wine country cuisine and that Scott Koenig has, has has written. And I think you're gonna enjoy that. Uh, and look for the next one where he's writing about all of the food south of Baja. And, That's Scott, so we cool. want to thank you for coming. Wonder if there's any last thoughts you want to leave us with? Um, don't be afraid to explore Baja California. Like I said, there's very little crime against visitors down there. It's a wonderful place. The food is delicious. The wines are creative. The culture is rich. The people are warm. Um, don't believe the hype. Uh, and if you have any questions, you can email me, Scott at agringoinmexico.com, or you can follow my Facebook page, agringoinmexico.com, 
any question you like. I'm a, an enthusiast when it comes to Baja California. I'm happy to help guide people down there, especially if they have reservations. That's really great. And certainly do your homework. You wouldn't go anywhere without looking the same as Mexico, even though it's closer. You think you can run down there. It is a different country. And you do have to have your act together and be respectful. And I'm very respectful of Scott coming, very respectful of having Elaine here. I'm Don Williamson. You've been on the front burner.